0: Thanks for listening to our sermons from Southbridge Fellowship. For additional resources or service information, visit us online at sfchurch.com you to uh, my good friend Dr. Rob Wilton he's gonna come and bring Hebrews chapter six to us this morning and I hate introductions because usually it's just somebody reading somebody's resume Uh, here's what I want you to know as a church just church family we're not gonna have anybody come preach that doesn't love Jesus and so the tech team said uh, that Rob and I are like yin and yang and um, I talk fast he talks slow but he's loud so he makes up for it in volume (coughs) Um, Rob he loves Jesus. He planted a church in uh, North New Orleans. Is uh, the chaplain for the New Orleans Saints. Who dat? If anybody's here, there you go. And that's when I met him. He is a church planter. He's one of our church planters in Pittsburgh. And so, um, he's currently gone there not just to plant a church, but to… He's called the Ascend City Missionary. And so, this is a city that we've identified as a, a city that needs churches in North America. When he went there, there were four church plants there. There are now 14. Uh, the vision is to have 25 by the year 2025. And so, if you are if you get bored because he talks slow because you're used to words filling that gap while he's preaching. pray. Is it me? Do you want me to be one of the church plants that goes there? Because we'd love to plant some more churches, and uh, that, that could be one of the places we do that, and so God might want to do that in your life. Uh, but Rob loves his wife, Annabeth, his high school sweetheart. He's got four kids. He'll probably tell you a little bit about them and the message, and uh, why don't you just welcome my friend, Rob Wilton, up here uh, to preach today. <laughs> my brother. <buddy. laughs>
1: and uh, he said this in the, the first worship service, but... Truthfully, he should have earned two doctorates with his doctoral studies because uh, he had to basically do mine as well. And, uh, and so we are yin and yang, uh, so much so on one of our kind of cohort trips to Southern Seminary over in Louisville, uh, I love sharing this. Uh, we might get in trouble now because it's going to be online, uh, but we, we watched the final four In the presidential suite, okay? Like there's this really nice presidential suite. And um, I had trusted him to book our hotel for that trip. And he picked one of the worst hotels I've ever been in in my entire life. I mean, we were gonna die if we slept in this hotel. And although I I know I look um, way more casual than. Uh, Mr. Scott over here. uh, I'm way more bougie than he is. And so like when the final four was ending, everybody's going to their hotel. I look at Scott and I said, we ain't leaving the presidential suite. (laughs) He said, what do you mean? I said, there's two rooms. Those are really nice looking beds. We'll sleep here, wake up real early, fix the beds and then get out of here. He said, can we do that? And I'm going ask for forgiveness, not permission kind of guy. <laughs> and, uh, and so uh, that's the yin and yang. Scott, love you. Love your family. So thankful. Last time I was here was summer of 2018. And so this was like a construction zone. And you guys were dreaming about stepping in here. And I remember taking a, a walk after we worshiped together over at the middle school and uh, came over here and got to see the place. And now to see a packed room here. Come on. God is faithful. Amen? Amen. God is faithful. And so great is thy faithfulness. Great is thy faithfulness. The Lord has done so many great things. And what we're going to do together is we're going to remind ourselves of God's promises. God's promises. I love that Maverick City song that we just sung. I was telling Scott, man, if y'all don't pick, that song for this Sunday, man. Y'all's worship team has some problems because it's pretty much the text we're going to look at together in reminding ourselves that Jesus is our anchor, uh, remind ourselves that when God makes a promise, God delivers. And I got to believe that maybe there's someone here today that needs to be reminded of the promises of God. Someone here today needs to stop looking at the wind and the waves, and we need to look at the one who controls the wind and the waves. And so Hebrews chapter six, verse 13 through 20, is going to be our text, entitled, Our Message Promises. Um, I have four kids. Uh, Bolt is my oldest, 13. I love Bolt. Uh, Bolt's a yin and yang for me, because he's like his mama, so I actually like taking him on trips more than anybody else. Uh, he's an artist. He's big into skateboarding and, uh, man, just kind of really chill. And so uh, I love my oldest son, Bolt, and God's using him in amazing ways as we're building a new youth group in Pittsburgh with this church plant and just so proud of how he sees himself already as a missionary. And, uh, and then I got twin boys. They're 11. Their names are Mac and Burke. I gave all my boys easy one-syllable yelling names because I knew I would basically yell at them like dogs for most of their life. So it's Bolt, Mac, Burke, here, right? And, uh, and so Mac and Burke are mini-me's. And uh, I just know, I mean, it's pretty much what my parents concluded. They're going to jail or they're going to be missionaries. And until they become missionaries, they're building their testimony, if you know what I mean. And so Mac and Burke are amazing. They're full-tilt, but I don't like taking them on trips because they're me, right? I didn't realize how much I annoyed people until I hung out with my twins. And then my, my daughter, she's eight. Her name's Carolina McCall. I gave her a long name because I enjoy her more. And she's so gorgeous, looks just like her daddy. It's unbelievable. And so um, let me lock in on the twins. The twins... I've never forced my kids to like love anything. I mean, can parents force our kids to do anything? I don't know, but like I've always wanted to have athletes cuz I played basketball. I played college basketball at North Greenville University about 40 pounds ago and um, man, I love basketball, and so I hoped one of my kids, you know, would fall in love with basketball. My twins like love sports. They love football. They love basketball. You know, right now they're teaching all these Pittsburgh sissies how to play football and basketball, and uh, we love picking on them and coming from New Orleans from the South. And uh, just so you know, I know y'all y'all saw like some flurries yesterday. Hope <laughs> hope nobody got into a wreck. You know, from the flurries, you know. We had seven inches of snow yesterday. My daughter sent me a picture, seven inches of snow in Pittsburgh. So pray for me as I go back up there. This beard is not a fashion statement. It's survival for me, okay? And so my twins get in this past season and they're playing basketball and they're on fire, man. I mean, they're draining threes left and right and they're big dreamers. They're already telling me that they're going to get me tickets when they're in the NBA and all this stuff. And, and, but like much you know, of life teaches us, uh, life isn't always being on fire. Life isn't always making shots. You go through slumps. Anybody willing to confess? You go through slumps, right? Life's not always on the mountaintop. You got to sometimes go through the valley. And so the twins aren't making anything. And so this daddy's trying to coach them and teach them. But there's a problem. And one twin reminds me, daddy, we don't know if you're legit. We don't know if we should listen to you. Your games, we can't find any of it on Instagram or online or anything like that. So I was like, all right, all right. I'm going to have to show them some street cred. So I go deep into my office and I pull out some VHS tapes. Have y'all ever tried to find a VCR today? (laughs) Like, I couldn't find a VCR. Finally, one of my neighbors, I think it's the only one in all of Pittsburgh, we find a VCR, and my kids are like, whoa, what is this, you know? (laughs) What planet are you from, Daddy, you know? And we're having to teach them, put it in the right way. And then we even pulled out some wedding videos, and you got to rewind everything. And my wife reminded me, she was like, hey, instead of us just watching it, if you hit stop and rewind, it goes faster. Y'all remember that? And so they start watching daddy and I loved watching my twins. They're like, snap, daddy can hoop. And, and they're starting to see me play. And, and one twin said, I said, what, what do you think about daddy's game? And one twin said, daddy, you shoot a lot. And I said, yeah, I do, man. And, and if I can tell you in this little shooting slump of yours, The only way to get out of a shooting slump is you gotta shoot. (laughs) You gotta shoot, you can't be scared. You gotta believe that you can make the shot, right? All right, I've I've just gotta believe. Somebody here needs a VHS tape reminder (laughs) of the promises of God. Because let me just get real. Some of y'all have been witnessing to a neighbor and you've been rejected. You've been rejected. You've been rejected. A loved one, a relative. Perhaps even at work, you're being persecuted for righteousness. Maybe you're looking around and the wars that are happening in the world and what's happened with COVID, and you actually think, oh man, Satan's winning. It's too great. The attacks, the resistance, the temptations, the spiritual warfare is too great. I want you to know we have a VHS tape to remind us that as great as the enemy might be at work in the world today, our God is greater. Our God's greater. So y'all ready for a VHS tape? Let's read Hebrews chapter 6. What a great promise to the people of God, of the promises of God. And I loved listening to Pastor Scott preach. Uh, Last night, kind of getting in a little bit late from a bunch of different things, I decided to take myself on a date to Longhorns. (laughs) And I just sat there by myself with Pastor Scott in my right ear and I listened to him preach. What a great message. Yes, he does preach fast. But the where are you at question was last week. Where are you currently at? Where is God taking you? How do you get there? Well, coming off of that, this is a reminder of how we have gotten there, how we are getting there, and how we will get there. All right. Come on, Rob. you got to read the text. Let's go. Verse 13, for when God made a promise to Abraham, since he had no one greater by whom to swear, he swore by himself, saying, surely I will bless you and multiply you. What a promise. And thus Abraham, this is the people of God reflecting back, showing a VHS tape, says, so Abraham, having patiently waited, So we're going to see God's promises here in this text, but then we're going to be challenged to make a promise to God. What, what's our promise to God? Well, for Abraham, he patiently waited, obtained the promise. And when God makes a promise, he delivers. Amen? God was faithful to Abraham after making this promise to him. It says, For people swear by something greater than themselves, and in all their disputes an oath is final for confirmation. The importance of making an oath. So when God desired to show more convincingly to the heirs of the promise, the unchangeable, golly, Our God doesn't change despite us. Despite us, He is unchangeable in His promises. The unchangeable character of His purpose. He guaranteed this promise with an oath so that by two unchangeable things. What do we know about God? In which it is impossible for God to lie. Wow. God will never contradict himself. So when we go back into this VHS tape, we read something and take it to the bank. That's why in the book of Acts right now, our church is in the book of Acts. We started in August, and right now we're in Acts 8. I told them we'll finish by 2027. <laughs> well, we're talking about the Spirit of God in the book of Acts. God's Spirit working through God's people, unleashing God's movement around the world. There is no such thing as a God's Spirit movement outside of the Word of God. For God today will never contradict His Word. He cannot lie. And so, let's continue on. He cannot lie. We who have fled for refuge might have strong encouragement to hold fast to the hope set before us. This reminder, this VHS tape is a reminder to the people of God at this time, as the author writes to the church, but it's also a reminder to us today, amen? And how do we have this hope, this great hope? Well, it's the fulfillment of the promise of God that was first made to Abraham and now is enjoyed today with us. It's found right there in verse 19, verse 20. We have this as a sure and steadfast. We don't just have something that, meh, hope it works out. Let's see what happens. No, we today who are the church have this as a sure and steadfast, everybody say anchor. Anchor Anchor of the soul, the thing that goes deep down into the roots in the very essence of life and holds ground for us so that we cannot move Who is this anchor of the soul? A hope that enters into the inner place behind the curtain where Jesus has gone as a forerunner on our behalf, having become a high priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. When I was here last in the summer of 2018, my my family took a journey and a call from God from the city of New Orleans to Pittsburgh to plant a church. And you guys have no idea, but I came here to preach. You actually were in a big time encouragement to me as my family was scared to death of the foreign country of Pittsburgh. <laughs> and and we came up here and, and I just want you to know, God moved as we stepped into that city uh, very quickly. Uh, It became clear that I wasn't just going to plant a church, but I was going to work alongside the SEND network to plant churches all over the city. And so we came in and um, through a number of different opportunities and God's blessing, by the time we got to January of 2020, we launched our church in two locations and almost 400 people showed up. And God moved, but I don't know if you caught that date January of 2020, so very quickly after launching and having so much, poof, everybody was gone two months later. And guys, we're a new church, and so as a new church, and I know this is a new church, but you guys have 15 years of roots. We didn't have the roots. We didn't have people who had made us their commitment, their faithfulness, their tradition. We hadn't even had a chance to run a partner member meeting. And so poof, everybody disappeared. On top of that, I had already had three new church planners on my team that I was training up to plant churches and we just felt in the COVID season, you gotta go now. Like it's time to go. And so we threw out to our church, hey, if y'all feel led. and, And so it wasn't all negative, but we started to multiply people out. And as we came back together at the end of the year in early December, trying to ramp back up for a Christmas season with so many unknown and I'm bringing up PTSD type moments for a lot of us here. We came back and what was in front of me was not 400 people. Where was everybody? And then sadly, as we came back together, guys, not only was it a lot smaller, but a big COVID outbreak happened within our church On that day, we came back, and so we had to shut down for Christmas, and if I can just share this with you, if it's all right, if I can be real here with you, I went into one of the deepest, darkest depressions I've ever been in my life. My family and I had spent all this energy and taken this leap of faith to come because God called us. We didn't choose it. God called us. We stepped into the city, and now all of a sudden I'm sitting here going, no way, I don't have the energy for this. It's clear I'm going to have to plant this church again. And God, I can't do this. And I want you to know in my deepest, darkest moments, that's when God actually pressed in and reminded me that the truth of the gospel is still alive, Rob. I know you can't do this. That's the gospel. You can't, but Jesus did. And because Jesus did, now you can. And guys, if I can share this with you, last week, since that moment in January of 2020, it's the first time we've had to set out more chairs in our congregation. God has been faithful because it's not about vintage church or Pastor Rob or whatever. We are preaching the gospel and the gates of hell cannot prevail against Christ and his church. We baptized eight people this past Sunday, saw five professions of faith. I just got blown up with a bunch of texts. They had to put out more chairs again today. Can you believe it when I'm not there? <laughs> God is faithful. Faithful. Here's a reminder of the faithfulness of God. And can we also be reminded, I know this is one story, you might be like, well, Rob's, you know, he's just living the good life right now. We got problems. Look, there's a bunch of sinners in Pittsburgh, and a lot of them are in my church. (laughs) I know just because we're setting out more chairs, more problems. But isn't it great to be a part of a church where it's okay to not be okay? And where we desperately cling to Jesus together. And so with all that hard work, I'm just telling you, it could be true because remember the life of Abraham, you guys might still be waiting on a promise. I, I didn't come to Pittsburgh just to kind of plant one church. We're dreaming of 25 church plants by 2025. And as I tell all my planters, when we get to that point, we've built the trampoline. That's when we're going to start jumping and having some fun. That ain't no destination for me. That's just the beginning. And some of y'all have been told a promise of God or something, but you're still waiting. God hasn't answered. There's still empty rooms. There's no healing. Let's consider Abraham. There's two things. First of all, God's promise I will bless you. And then we're going to consider our promise. Bless the Lord. Let's first of all consider God's promise, I will bless you. In this text, we find God's promise to Abraham first. You want to take notes. Get out, take notes. This moment's not just for this moment. Plus, when you take notes in church, you look holier than your neighbor, and that's the point of what we're doing here. God's promise to Abraham is so clear, and and it's building up our faith, isn't it? to remind ourselves of how God had been there for Abraham. Um, What do we learn about Abraham as we challenge ourselves? Number one, that Abraham was hopeful. He was hopeful. It says that right there in the text, right? He patiently waited, right? And, And we know in other texts, Genesis 15, 6, he believed in God and it was counted to him as righteousness. We live by faith, not by sight. He was hopeful, so he had strong faith at times. But can we also remind ourselves, Abraham didn't always have strong faith. As he got older, he took matters into his own hands and impregnated Hagar because he lost faith. Anyone encouraged by that today? I mean, in in reality, that's why I love Peter in Scripture. What a loser. (laughs) I'm like, thank you, God. I found myself in Scripture, (laughs) saying dumb things, not trusting the Lord. And that's typically, I've found throughout Scripture, God's in the business of finding people where He can get all the glory, honor, and praise, and if I can just say, some of y'all have walked in here, and you're so spiritually put together, you're strutting while you're sitting right now, and you're just so honored to be in this church, and you remind God every day of how blessed He is to have created you. I'm just telling you that God doesn't typically use those people in Scripture, we find a bunch of people who can't, who fail. Because he knows that most of the world's going to look at, but Abraham did what? Oh, this wasn't about Abraham. To God be the glory. Y'all with me? Yes. So if you're at a place where you'd say, oh, I don't know if I can do this. I've been such a failure. I've sinned so many times. You might actually be the perfect recipe for a miracle of God. And this is the story of Abraham, but he was hopeful. He was also patient. He was patient for a long time. He after getting this promise of I will bless you and multiply you waited 25 years till he was 100. 25 years. I mean God has been speaking to me even this morning through this passage, Rob, will you please suck it up? You started crying. It was only like a year and a half in Pittsburgh with COVID. Imagine 25 years. He waited patiently, didn't he? Waited for a long time. Do you know that even when Isaac finally shows up, he has to wait 62 years till he gets grandkids? After that. But God said, bless and multiply. I'm sure Abraham's like, I think it was a bad meal. I'm not sure if I heard God correctly. You know, you also had to wait a long time while others were blessed. If you go and read Genesis chapter 22, We're reminded on Mount Moriah that Abraham quickly hears and discovers that his brother Nahor had 12 sons, as he only has Isaac. Any of y'all heard a promise from God and you've seen other people get blessed when you weren't? That's hard, isn't it? Um, but we know ultimately Abraham was blessed in the third place. And Isaac was born. And we know that ultimately, through Isaac, generations after generations after generations, this promise that was made to Abraham. In Genesis 12 and 15, 22, that his descendants will be numerous as the stars, and your offspring, Abraham, will bless all nations. We know that this blessing came, and that this blessing ultimately was a promise of a king. His name is Jesus, and he would establish a forever kingdom for all time. So when we consider his promise to Abraham, we also consider his promise to us. When we consider his promise to us, as it reminds us here in this text, we are reminded that we have his word, amen? We have his word and he has made an oath. God sealed the promise and as I read in one commentary, an oath accompanies your promise to pay. Praise God that God's not just talk, he's walk. And as God promised that all would be blessed, all nations, he made a promise, he delivers. And when he makes that promise, not only is there his oath here in this text, but it's his nature. It's impossible for God to lie. So we can take it to the bank when God says that I will bless you and I will multiply you. Thank you, God. Lord knows how many times I don't stick with my promises. Lord knows how many times our government doesn't stick with their promises. Lord knows how many times our business doesn't stick with their promises. Lord knows how many times my spouse, I mean my spouse, you know, not yours. I'm sure you've never let each other down. But God always promises. And when he promises, he delivers. We have his word, but secondly, we have his gospel. Amen? The word became flesh. And how did God pay for this oath? God demonstrated his love for us and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us us. This high priest, Jesus, came, lived, died, defeated sin, death, and hell, arose from the grave, and then I love as he presents to his church the great commission, go and make disciples and baptize and teach and all this kind of stuff. He declares a promise, not only of him, but his spirit, For he declares to us, this is the X factor to the Great Commission, I am with you always to the very end of the age. But come on, Jesus, were you really around during COVID? I am with you always to the very end of the age. Thank you God that we have your word. Thank you that we have your gospel. And because of this, let's consider our promise now to God. And our promise is simply as the Lord has promised, I will bless you to bless the Lord. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. And guys blessing the Lord Even that beautiful song that we love to sing, when I say that term, bless the Lord, you know what I think about? I think about my father-in-law, his name's Bruce Cash, who passed away of cancer some six, seven years ago. Think about us in my in-law's living room. The man had gone through six years of a battle with cancer. And I'll never forget my brother-in-law who's a worship pastor pulling out his guitar and us as a family knowing that Papa Bruce was gonna die at any moment. Rallied around Papa Bruce and Papa Bruce, even with his sweet wife, my mother-in-law, helping him lift his hands, singing, Bless the Lord, O oh my soul. This is not about oh, let's get healing and then bless the Lord. No, we bless the Lord. This is what Abraham modeled for us. The greatest thing that you can do today is bless the Lord. And how do we bless the Lord? Learning from Abraham's life. May I encourage you today, wait for it. Stay hopeful like Abraham. Wait for it. Do you know that God sometimes doesn't listen to our plans. Do you know how brilliant me and Scott are? I have whiteboarded some things with my church. Now I'm telling you, I saw angels. There was no lights on and somehow just an angelic light came down. It looked so amazing and God just ignored it. His ways are greater than our ways. And if you are in a season where you're waiting like Abraham, may I assure you in the name of Jesus that when God ordains in your life a waiting season, it's never a wasteful season. It's never a wasteful season. Wait for it. Number two, trust it forever. God cannot lie. His promises are true. Wait for it forever. Trust in it. We trust in the name of the Lord our God, amen? We don't trust in chariots and horses. With all due respect, I don't give a flip what our government does. I don't. My hope is in the Lord. Those who trust in chariots and horses will fall. We who trust in the name of the Lord our God will rise and never fall. Trust it forever, but number three, embrace Him right now. Embrace Him right now. A friend in the middle of my depression sent me a scripture reminder to embrace him right now. Yes, when the rooms were empty. Yes, when I wanted to quit. Yes, when I didn't have the energy to embrace him right now. And he sent me Ephesians chapter three. You might wanna turn there. You can see it on the screen behind me. Ephesians chapter three, verse 14 through 21. Another beautiful promise of God. Guys, as my friend sent me this text in the middle of my darkness with me having already filled out multiple resignation letters, ready to consider anything else except being a pastor in Pittsburgh, I read this, for this reason I bow my knees before the Father, anyone thankful for a heavenly Father? And a heavenly father that lets us come to him just as we are. We don't have to get ourselves prepared to come to him. No, we can come to him just as we are. And why should we come to our heavenly father? This reminder was shared with me, verse 15, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named. Praise God, you're the creator. So whatever I'm going through in my life, if I need anything, it'd be a good idea for me to go to the one who created anything. He is the creator, but he's not just creator. He doesn't just launch things. He's with us in things. He doesn't abandon ship. Right there it says, from whom every family in heaven and earth is named, verse 16, that according to the riches of his glory, do you know this is unlimited? God never turns to the pantry in heaven and says, shoot, we gotta go to Costco. <laughs> Unlimited. Rich is in his glory. There's nothing too great for our God. Nothing. And so he creates, thank you, Father. He is providing for us, and then he's sustaining us. He may grant you to be strengthened with power, pressing on to the very end. I live by this saying every single year of my life. For the last, really, decade, reflective praise inspires future perseverance. I look back on my life and I say, ooh, that was ugly, but God, you redeemed it. Man, I did pretty good there, but God, you did so much better. And I begin to find out in the past, you know what the common denominator is? God is faithful. And then in what it does for me in this present, even when I'm in the storm, even when I'm struggling, oh, God was faithful back then, what a VHS tape. It gives me the faith to believe, you know what? God never lies, so he's probably faithful right now. And he's with me in the storm. He's with me in the waiting. He's with me in the unknown. And you know what that does? Because God can't lie, because he's made a promise, it believes God's faithful back then, God's faithful right now. God forever will be faithful for all time, no matter what happens. And so this is why we bow to our heavenly Father and get this. We'll be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being. This prayer is not a prayer that asks for God to be some genie in a bottle to give us a bunch of external health, wealth, and prosperity. This is a prayer asking for God to bless our soul. For God, all the time in my life, wants to work in me before he wants to work through me. And as he works through me, listen to this, He transforms all of me so that Christ may dwell in your hearts. Touch your hearts. Thank you, Lord, through faith that you being rooted and grounded in love, love God, love people, our hands, and then that you may have the strength to comprehend your mind your heart, your hands, your mind. He wants every bit of you, your inner being, your soul. He wants you to believe that he is faithful, that his promises are true, and so that we could comprehend with all the New Orleans saints. (laughs) It's not what you said. Told you God was a saints fan, he is, right there. With all the saints, who that? What is the breadth and length and height and depth? And to know the love of Christ, that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to him. Well, Pastor Rob, I'm really struggling. You know, the promise that you're talking about, I'm still waiting. Like, Abraham ain't got nothing on my waiting. I'm 50 plus years into this waiting. When should we pray? Now. Well, I'm not perfect yet. You know, I kind of didn't trust God's promise, so I sinned against God trying to make it happen on my own. You sure? Now. Well, Pastor, I'm actually doing really good. I'm kind of one of those guys, I think I've been strutting the whole time you've been preaching in my seat. Maybe God wants to so expose you to how great he is so that you can be reminded of how not so great you are. (laughs) Now, to him who is able, you sure, God, you sure, God, you got, can you, have you seen what's going on? He's able to do what? Far more abundantly than all we could ask or think. Everybody take a deep breath right now. How crazy is it? You have no ability to even fake this up. Pastor Scott, you can't do this, dude. Pressure's off. You, your family, you can't do this. He's going to do something that you can't even whiteboard. You, you can't even fathom. I mean, how, how just freeing is that? How great is our God? More than we could ask or think according to how. The power that's at work within us. This anchor of our soul. To him be glory and in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. When should we pray, Rob? Now and forever and ever for all generations. Whoa, didn't God promise Abraham, I will bless you and multiply you? How cool is it to see in Ephesians three when God makes a promise, he delivers. And God makes a promise, he delivers. And as the band comes up, we're going to close by singing about this King Jesus, this anchor of our soul. I want to perhaps encourage you with my story. For I'm a preacher's kid. Um, not only my dad's a preacher, both my uncles are preachers, Both of my grandfathers, preachers. I'll be honest, been around church a lot. I tried in my life to stay away from you church people. Church people be mean. So third generation preacher, but you know that's not always the case with my family, Scott. I'm Robert Edwin John Wilton, I I love those two middle names because Edwin is my bumper. Sadly, COVID took his life. He's in heaven with Jesus. John is my papa. Do you know what we can trace back? When we go beyond my papa's life, all we find are slim shadies. <laughs> Nobody loved Jesus. My whole family's South African and We find ship captains and crooks and people in jail and all that stuff, but you know that the promise of God came to my papa and radically changed his life. And I don't know what God's doing in Pittsburgh, I'll be honest, I don't even understand why I'm there yet. My oldest son, Bolt. He was saved in the city of New Orleans. We baptized him in the back of a pickup truck at a downtown revival next to the Superdome. I do know that God called me to Pittsburgh. Yes, we saw eight people baptized and man, we're starting to see it amazing. But one of the reasons why God called our family to Pittsburgh is because those twin boys met Jesus, had the privilege of baptizing them. Do you know that my sweet daughter met Jesus? had the privilege of baptizing her. Do you know that right now, although my papa is in heaven with Jesus, his great grandkids now love Jesus. I will bless you and multiply you. See, some of y'all are here today, you're the papa of your family. You're the papa of your family. And the Spirit of God is compelling me right now to encourage you that one day I want you to begin believing in the promise of God that he will bless you and multiply you. Stop just praying for your kids. Pray that your great grandkids would know Jesus. You are the one who's going to, in the name of Jesus, flip the script for your family. But for some of you, you're here today right now and you don't know Jesus, may I offer to you this promised king. And this promised kingdom that's far greater than anything in this world. Every head bowed and every eye closed. Will you trust in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. We've got an amazing group of people worshiping with us online right now. You're going to see a number and even maybe a link to some next steps. I cannot let this moment pass because we've been reminded here in this moment that what God promised to Abraham, he promises to us. And we have this high priest, his name is Jesus. He came, he lived, he died, he defeated sin, death, and hell so that we might have life and have it abundant, more than we could ever ask, think, or imagine and so God's words very clear if you confess with your mouth Jesus Lord you believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead you will be saved everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved so if that's you here in this room or maybe online worshiping with us would you right now give your life to Jesus if that's you right now would you boldly lift up your hand say pastor Rob that's me I give my life to Jesus right now anybody in the house come on Receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. If you're worshiping with us online, let us know on the chat. We'd love to follow up with you. Take, follow that link. We'd love to journey with you. And so looking across the room right here, unless I just haven't seen you, and I'm so sorry if I haven't, I don't see any hand going up. And this is what I want you to know. That could mean one thing, that everyone in this room knows Jesus. And I don't take that for granted. Praise God, you are faithful. Everyone in this house knows Jesus. And I don't want to absolutely just push that aside. No, praise be to our God. But it could mean that maybe some of you here today have not yet received and you're still praying. Can I let you know that God's promises are true always, even tonight when you're at home alone. And his salvation is available to all at all times. So I believe in the name of Jesus that He's going to so hound you with His love. When you can't sleep tonight, that's Jesus knocking at your door, hit your knees, and surrender your life to Him. But everybody else look at me. We're going to sing a song here as we close about Jesus being our solid rock. I pray that today you could say as a day even if you're in the midst of the storm that you're reminded to be like Abraham and to be hopeful to be patient and to wait for it to trust it forever and to embrace him right now and so in that light let's stand And let's sing to King Jesus like we've never sung before. Come on, church. Let's have the cops called on us. (laughs) For he is worthy of all our worship and praise. Our God is faithful. Amen? Amen? Amen.